So I'm gonna kill my email. Well, I'm not. Okay, I had to wait a minute. It wasn't giving me a notification. All right, so we are recording and I'm letting you know that. So thank you again, Dr. Martin, for taking time uh, today to speak with, with us and with Focus. And I have some questions for you. And my first question is, how did you first get involved in immunology? Uh, so I got involved in immunology as a graduate student. Uh, I found, so this during my PhD, I did this at the University of Toronto with Dr. Florence Choi. And, and we started working on a project on an autoimmune disease called uh, polymyositis and dermatomyositis. And I was interested in understanding the molecular mechanisms of this disease. So this is an autoimmune condition that affects a number of different tissues, including the skin. Uh, and it's caused, I mean, the etiology of this disease is still not very clear, but, but one of the hallmarks is autoantibodies made against specific proteins that might cause tissue damage. That's how it got started. Okay, sounds great. Why don't you tell us about the research that you're most proud of? The research that I'm most proud of now is in my lab. I have a number of different research projects that are very interesting. One is we've identified a novel gene that's involved in antibody diversification. So to back up a bit, uh, antibody diversification, uh, and especially secondary antibody diversification, is a process initiated by this enzyme called AID, activation induced cytidine deaminase, that produces antibodies of high affinity and of different classes. Uh, and what we did is, and this enzyme called AID carries out these processes by uh, deaminating deoxycytidines in immunoglobulin DNA to deoxyuridines. Okay. Now the problem with AID is that this lesion that it produces in DNA of deoxyuridines, these the cells are very well adapted to repairing these types of lesions. Uh, so AID on its own should not be able to induce these processes by by introducing these. Sorry, should not be able to induce class switch recombination somatic mutation by inducing this lesion because the cellular process should be able to repair these deoxyuridines very easily. Uh, what cells need to do is therefore disable this repair system, right? The deoxyuridine repair system. And that is what one of our projects that we currently have in submission is we identify novel gene whose product uh, disables the deoxyuracil repair system that allows for AID to carry out these two functions. So very proud of that. That's one project that we have. Okay. Another project, but I, I can tell you of another project. Uh, we've also identified another novel gene when knocked out. Uh, these mice are resistant to inflammatory bowel disease and to obesity and type 2 diabetes and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And so we're currently working on these stories, trying to understand the mechanism of how this gene promotes these various inflammatory diseases. And we're also trying to identify small molecule inhibitors of this proteins to be able to therefore treat uh, mice and ultimately humans to prevent these types of autoimmune uh, diseases or immune uh, uh, inflammatory disease. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, what what's the most important trait that a researcher should possess and why? Uh, creativity, I think, is very important. Uh, it allows you to adapt to, uh, I mean, to interpret data 
Yeah, this is a tough question. So it, it allows you to interpret data uh, and to creatively come up with solutions. <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough question. Okay, well, I, I'd say creativity is one very important. Uh, curiosity, I think, is also very important that you that one gets interesting data and pursues it and, and asks the right types of questions. Hard work is also a very important uh, trait. Uh, really, uh, without hard work, yeah, I, I don't know. That's I'm not very good at that, but I think those are three important uh, keys. Curiosity, uh, creativity, and hard work are the three. I've heard curiosity mentioned a lot, so that makes sense again. Um, what advice, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned? Uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is transitioning from a postdoctoral fellow to a, a, to a principal investigator. Uh, learning one lesson that I've learned is, is, is how different those two jobs are. You know, as a postdoctoral fellow, your job is to produce science, uh, to produce data, to produce and interpret data. But as a principal investigator, your job really switches to become I mean, more of a manager of individuals uh, and trying, apart from still managing projects, the goal is to really try to extract as much out of individuals as possible. And each individual is very different. And so what you know, if my goal is to try to get as much out of that person as possible, what might work for one person might not work for another person, right? So really tailoring your your uh, mentoring and tailoring your uh, requests from individuals to be able to get as much out of them as possible. What advice would you give to young researchers just starting out in the field? You do, I think the most important uh, thing you should do, and not just in research, but in anything, is do what you like, do what you love. You know, the more you do what you love, the more effort you put into it, the more love you put into it, the more uh, uh, interest you put into it, and you'll get more out of that. So if, if you if you're doing something that you like, that's I would say pursue that. That's probably the most important thing. Can you describe your average workday, keeping in mind this past year has not been average? Average workday. Uh, my average workday is coming to the lab, writing grants, writing papers, and generally speaking to members of my lab. Uh, sometimes just chatting with them about a specific Western block that they show me or, or, or showing me other data. Uh, and interpreting that data and then figuring out next plans for that specific project. Okay. Let's shift a little bit to the personal. Um, who do you most admire and why? Who do I most admire and why? Yeah, I, there's not one individual that I, I admire a lot of individuals. Uh, I even admire sports athletes. You know, Rafael Nadal is a tennis player for who he is, a nice person, hard worker, uh, driven, persistent. There's a lot of people I think I admire. I wouldn't say that there's one person that I most admire, but and, and I, I would argue that they're from all walks of life, not just scientists. Mm -hmm. That's a tough question. Mm -hmm. Good answer. What motivates you to work hard? 
I think it's it's innate in me, uh, but primarily I work hard because I love what I do. I actually look forward to Mondays, unlike most people who look forward to Fridays. Uh, and I think that is one reason what motivates me. It's also I'm, I'm in many ways my own boss, so so I'm I've, I'm given a lot of freedom and I'm given freedom to do what I want with my life. So I think that that's really strong motivation. Work hard. Certainly sounds that way. Do you have a favorite time management tool that helps you stay organized? Time management tool. Uh, favorite time management tool. Yeah, you can tell I wasn't prepared for any of these. Uh, you I, keep track of everything. I, mean, I, just, I personally just like good old fashioned Outlook, right? Is how I like with that. Yeah, I mean, I would just say Outlook. My calendar is key. Right? Mm-hmm. I was going to try to come up with something a bit more creative, but I think it's just just that. <laughs> Whatever works for you is what's important. Um, do you have a favorite vacation spot? Peru right now. The mountains of Peru. Oh, yeah. have you been there recently or not? No, well, not, not yeah. with the pandemic, but prior to. Charles, yeah. yeah. My, my wife is Peruvian and uh, American Peruvian and her father recently retired there, bought a ranch in the mountains, has horses there. And that area to me is pretty magical. I bet that's beautiful. What is your favorite beverage or drink? <laughs> These are funny questions. <laughs> My favorite beverage or drink? Uh, let's say vino verde, Portuguese, uh, bubbly white wine in the summer is the best. My favorite. Okay, sounds good. Um, can you describe not Portuguese? Just by you know, I'm not just following, but I just love vino verde. <laughs> Can you describe your hobbies or things you like to do when you're not working? Tennis, tennis, frisbee, uh, frisbee, or it's called ultimate frisbee. Uh, but I think those are two of my big passions. But tennis for sure is my big passion right now. Okay. But hiking, bicycling too. I should say there's a lot of things: hiking, bicycling, yeah, being outdoors, generally speaking. Okay. We're gonna switch gears and talk about focus. How did you first get involved with Focus? Right, so the first time I got involved was I, I attended a meeting maybe 10 years ago. Uh, and it, 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 uh, and so this I, this was just as a capacity of an attendee of a meeting. So I, did, I just attended a meeting, I, I went to a lot of talks and I really thought it was, you know, apart from the fact that I do immunology, uh, this was more focused on clinical immunology. And, and in many ways it opened my eyes a lot to see how a lot of, basic research, which is what I do and what a lot of uh, my colleagues do, how uh, can be applied to the clinic. And so that, that is the first time I got involved with Focus, not as an organization, but by attending one of their meetings. Okay. Is that, is, that was the question, right? I forgot what the question was. Right. Um, how did you first get involved with Focus? What was yeah. your first yeah, yeah. introduction to it? Yeah. Um, so how do you think Focus has changed your world? What you do? It's changed my world in many ways by you know my research when i first started out was very basic and i would argue that 50 percent of my work now is translational and with with an emphasis on translation so and i think that that is how focus has really changed my research okay if a colleague asked you why they should join focus what would you tell them 
Yeah, if your interests are in translational research, I think fo focus is a very good place to start, especially translational immunology research. It's a very good place to start. It's a good organization to really uh, uh, you know, help you in that area, I think. Okay. Now we're going to talk about your FCE, your Focus Center of Excellence. Uh, you alluded to this a little earlier, but can you tell us more about the research you're doing? So my specific research or that of so my specific research, as I said earlier, with two areas of research I'm proud of that's currently ongoing are, you know, we've been doing a lot of genetic screens, CRISPR screens to identify novel genes that are involved in antibody diversification or, or in other types of diseases such as inflammatory uh, bowel disease, type 2 diabetes. And so we've been carrying out, you know, identifying novel genes in these pathways. So we're very interested, sorry, in these diseases. Uh, very interesting and, and processes, sorry, I should say, that we've been carrying out screens to identify novel genes in antibody diversification processes and in these inflammatory diseases. Uh, that's specifically my research interest currently, right? So we're really interested in colon cancer as well, inflammatory bowel disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, non-alcoholic liver disease, and the mechanisms of these. And we're also trying to develop interventional methods to treat these diseases in mouse models with ultimately uh, moving to the clinic. Okay. What is the vision or your dream goal of your FCE? What are the specific goals you have as an FCE director? Right. So uh, I'm the FCE director for the Toronto region. So it's called the Toronto Human Immunology Network. Uh, one of the visions so this network was initially started by Dr. Tanya Watts, uh, who, who ran this uh, FCE for 10 years. Uh, I've taken over this past year. Uh, it's been a bit slow because, of course, COVID hasn't really helped uh, things. But one of my current goals is to develop a center uh, for human immunology research and education. That's what it's actually going to be called. So CHIRE, Center for Human Immunology Research and Education. Uh, and this center is going to expand on the goals of the Toronto Human Immunology Network by continuing to support education uh, uh, of human immunology to basic researchers, but to expand the education to clinical trainees and practicing physicians on human immunology, but also to start supporting research uh, programs uh, that involve human immunology in the Toronto region. Right? And, and the idea is by creating a network of subsidized core facilities that can uh, carry out deep or yeah, develop these network of core facilities to do deep immunoprofiling of patients uh, in the Toronto region. Okay. Uh, like what what are your biggest challenges? In the, for the related to this? For your goal okay. or so the biggest, biggest challenges really is bringing together all the clinical departments and basic science departments together under one umbrella for this uh, center. Uh, there are a number of challenges associated with that because in the Toronto region, there's a lot of hospital research institutes uh, that that uh, harbor a lot of these scientists that are in these various basic research science departments and clinical departments, and they all have their own legal departments. And so that's one, one of the biggest challenge is to deal with uh, sharing patient samples between these various uh, independently minded uh, research institutes uh, and for the greater good of the community. 
So that, that is one challenge, but bringing together everybody to get, bringing everybody together into the center is good. I mean, I can name a thousand different challenges. It's, it's crazy what I'm doing, but <laughs> that's just one challenge, one of many challenges here. Sure, understandable. Securing, I should say, another major challenge is to secure funds to appropriately resource the center is going to be another major challenge. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. My last question, why did you apply to be an FCE? Right, so I didn't do this. This was Dr. Tanya Watts did this uh, to be a FOSA center of excellence, really to bring the community of clinical research and basic research being done in the Toronto region, uh, bring it closer to the international community and to Right, so I'm just trying to remember why she did this, but I think it was really to bring the community closer to other clinical researchers in North America and around the world. Uh, and FOSIS, I think, is a great you know, community uh, to bring clinical like-minded clinical researchers that work on human immunology together. And I think that that's one of the main reasons why she did this, is really also to showcase our work, but establish collaborations uh, with other other area, other you know, groups around the world. Something like. Okay, those are all the questions I had. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? That maybe questions I didn't ask you. I think you you were pretty uh, uh, robust in the questions that you asked, me, including you know some of my favorite movies you didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can certainly answer that one if no, you. No, that's <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Martin, for your time. I appreciate it. And now I'm going to stop recording. Okay. That's all right with you. Yeah. So we'll just stop recording.